I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls are hot. I thought we had to have all the answers right now. And now? I'm kind of liking the fact that I don't. If one of us goes to war, we all go to war. Welcome back to Love and Fighter. I'm your host, Charles DeGisco, and it is great to be back here with all of you. The most involved poll we've had yet, and I think I've said that every week, but that's a good sign because each week we are getting more and more uh, responses, just more votes, I'm getting a better dialogue, and this week was no different. So to get right into it, this week's poll was, is there anything wrong with a woman over 40 dating a man under 25? And then immediately after that, without any forewarning, I did the reverse. Is there anything wrong with a man over 40 dating a woman under 25. So the reason I did this is because there was a Twitter post about Leonardo DiCaprio only dating women who are pretty much 24. I think since he was 19, he's only been dating women who are 24. And they all happen to be just so outrageously attractive. They're supermodels and he's just, he's really done quite well for himself. And the author of the article was shaming him for it, you know, basically implying something must be wrong with him because he continues to only date women who are in this very specific age bracket. So I thought that was a little strange because by and large, women like older men. This is no secret. This is biology. And men like younger women. So women want a man who can provide and protect. And usually a man can only do that as he gets older, especially in today's society where you need to be able to make a lot of money. And that's you know, important just for, for the, not even in a shallow sense, like, you know, that's your, your wealth directly dictates your independence and the opportunities you'll have available. It's very important. And I don't mean that from a shallow or gold digger perspective. It's just, it's important to make a lot of money and, or, or at the least live a lifestyle that allows you to have money to use on whatever the, those things might be. Right. And conversely, a man is looking for a woman who is going to, uh, be most fertile, early twenties. And uh, quite frankly, most attractive, which is their combination of youth and maturity. They kind of hit that peak um, right around 22 to 24. Whereas for men, it's a, it's a much slower burn. And there's a lot of other factors men can use at their disposal if they work hard enough to become attractive for women, right? Or become attracted to women. No, for women to become attracted to them. So anyway... I was really thinking I was going to get a lot of double standards in this poll because just the nature of it, I think with today's society, you have some older folks who are like, oh, it's totally normal for a girl to date an older guy, but it's weird for a uh, older woman to date a younger guy. And I'm going to talk to about that personally here in a minute. And then on the other side, in the new Twitter age where everything is, you know, crazy, quite frankly, you have guys are creeps for dating younger women, but good for women for dating younger men. They're empowered and they deserve it or whatever it is that is the... Uh, sale of the wind of social justice, right? So I am, first off, very happy to tell you that the polls were the same. Now, there's going to be some differences, but by and large, they both had the exact same voting. 38% felt that, yes, there was something wrong with this, and 62% felt there was nothing wrong with it at all. And then I got some answer, answers in between. Now, there was only five people who voted yes for one and no for the other. All of them were women, and one of them had felt that it was weird for an older woman to date a younger guy, but there was nothing wrong with an older guy to date a younger woman, 
and four of them felt that there was nothing wrong with an older woman dating a younger guy, but there was in fact something wrong with an older woman dating a younger man, right? So before you get too like all riled up out of the, the whole sample size, and there was a lot of different people, this is the other data sample, right? Before I get into this, there was not the same people were voting in both polls, meaning some people were looking at a poll and not voting, and the other ones were, you know, and then they'd see the next one and they would vote and vice versa. So maybe that has to do with potentially hiding a double standard or acknowledging it. But I will tell you too, of the women who actually voted that, no, there's nothing wrong with an older woman doing it, but there is something wrong with an older man doing it. They actually came back to me and said, you know what? That wasn't quite fair. Like if, if you're good with one, you have to be good with the other. So they actually kind of acknowledged their internal biases. And the last bit of that was they were responding as if it was them themselves. And the women who had voted yes were actually a little bit older, right? They were, they were north of 35 going into their 40s or had families or whatever it might be. And they saw no issue with that. Yet they felt that a peer, a male peer their age should not be dating a younger woman. And then they came back and, and like I said, guys, they really did kind of correct, they course corrected that bias. Now, would they have done that had I not put those two polls back to back? I'm not sure. Um, but I do think I got a lot of honesty because I kind of, not like snuck it in, but it was just back to back two polls. It was the first time I'd ever done two polls and they were the same exact question, just flipped. And I got into a couple good conversations because the the one real pushback I got was, you know, I, I brought up Leonardo DiCaprio. So when you look at it just as like, oh, an older guy and a younger girl or an older girl and a younger guy, you're like, uh, maybe not. Right. But when you think about like Leonardo DiCaprio, does anybody, is anybody really surprised that he has an influx of women in their prime pursuing him as he gets into his forties? I mean, he's a good looking guy. He's Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, what are we talking about here? But when you think about it, just like that weird dude down the street, you know, Oh yeah, maybe it's not quite the same. So we, I had a conversation with this one individual and she's very smart, very intelligent, got a lot of life experiences and she was kind of roasting Leonardo DiCaprio for it and felt that there was really something wrong with it. And when we got into the, not a debate because I actually agree with a lot of uh, some of what she was saying and I think she agreed with some of what I was saying. Anytime I bring up biology, I think people get a little weirded out, but as long as you can provide studies to back that up, it's okay. Now, some dudes or women will bring up biology and it's like, yo, listen, we're not fucking fighting saber-toothed tigers anymore. You can relax. We have refrigerators. We have running water. Chill out, right? But then other times, I think people will ignore that. Adam Conover is one of them. He went on Joe Rogan's podcast and he was like, alpha males don't exist. And in his mind, and I'm going to, this is a brief sidebar, but I, it is worth getting into. He didn't really understand. He doesn't know what an alpha male is, right? So to him, maybe an alpha male is like some uh, douchey frat guy who drinks a lot of beer, right? But maybe he just doesn't comprehend like a true alpha male is somebody who is, you know, they excel at their craft. They have their kind. They work hard in a lot of different areas. They build communities, which I think is an uh, integral part of being an alpha Alpha, which again, kind of, kind of seems like it's an old way of speaking, but you know, um, his point was like men, uh, women will be attracted to like Benedict Cumberbatch, who is not a traditionally handsome man. Right. Or I shouldn't say that actually, let me, let me phrase that. He's not a traditionally, traditionally alpha male. Right. I would even go so far as to say that Leonardo DiCaprio is not really an alpha male. He's not particularly in shape. He's not, you know, what you would expect for a guy who's going to kick a door down and save a damsel in distress. However, he is an alpha in so many ways, right? He's an alpha in his in his ability to produce wealth. He's an alpha and an expert and very, very good at it and his craft, right? So it's 
and being an alpha male doesn't just mean you can you eat a lot of steak, drink a lot of beer, and can kick somebody's ass. Like we're, we're kind of past that point now. You could be a vegetarian and be an alpha male. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could be super skinny and be a badass, right? Like there's no real. It's not like this stereotypical. We have to get past these stereotypes. It's 2020, but let's not forget that they still exist, right? People who are building their communities, who are doing a lot of different things, who are continuing to learn past school, right? People who just have a deep intellectual curiosity and continue to to pursue that. And there's alphas are male and female too. You have alpha females, you have alpha males. And I say all of this because to, to bring it full circle, I think definitions and stuff, they need to, people need to understand that they've adapted and they've changed and they are with the times. And for Adam Conover, he, he just didn't really understand that. And I think quite frankly, he doesn't want to because he's he himself, while intelligent and good at what he does, probably doesn't want to put in that additional work to be considered what a traditional alpha would be. He'd rather kind of lean on it not existing because he doesn't want it to. So when I was exchanging with this, with this young woman, again, we were talking some biology and stuff and, and some things, you know, her, her point was, yeah, of course men like younger women, but you don't see a bunch of older men dating younger women. And I understood what she was saying, but a lot of that has to do with the man not being high enough quality, right? So a 50 year old man chasing a 25 year old woman mm, doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? You think of the guy, he's you know, you look at most 50 year old men and you're like, yeah, dude, what? There's no way he can get that 25 year old. But now look at Frank Grillo. And for those who don't know, he's got a great head of hair, super in shape. He's like a genuine tough guy who's in Hollywood and a great actor who's in Kingdom. I'm a big fan of him. He was also, um, if you didn't watch Kingdom, I, I suggest you do it. It's, in, it's on Netflix. He was also in Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier and then Civil War. He played Crossbones. He's a great actor. The point is, at 52, he looks fantastic. And if you saw him walking with a 25-year-old supermodel, you wouldn't think twice. Physically, he's good looking. He's making a lot of money. He has so much experience and light, just like wealth of knowledge, not just wealth financially, right? He's got like just wealth of knowledge and life and experience. It would be hard for a woman not to be attracted to that, right? So it makes sense when you think about it in terms of they still want it, but they might not be able to, or they might not be good enough to get it, right? That's like kind of like when guys talk about their high school days, like those are the best years of their life. It shouldn't be that. Your the best years of your life should really be like your thirties or forties. That's like that's the path you have to follow. But to, to make the most of those years, you have got to do so much work and you have to grind so hard and you have to make so many sacrifices to really see the benefit in those years. Whereas if you take the easy path and you know you're the high school football kid and you do your thing and then you marry your high school sweetheart and you have some kids and maybe you're a little unhappy, but Hey, those were the good years, right? Now life is all downhill. One, I think that's a bad mindset to have because even if you were to get married early, I think you could still make the absolute most of it, still be an alpha, still pursue all these different things. You just don't have to go out banging women five, six at a time, which is another stereotypical trait that I think shouldn't really apply to what an alpha male has to be, right? You can be very good with women and multiple women, as an alpha male, but that's not like a prerequisite, right? So as me and her were going back and forth, I was explaining that, I, and there's actually a study that supports this. All men want a girl between 20 and 24. From the ages of 16 to, I think the study went to 67, everybody felt that that was a, the most attractive a woman gets. Now they did that same study for women. And as a woman got older, her age range, like of, of the man she was looking for, kind of molded with her, which is quite interesting. 
So um, the biggest gap was actually for these younger women who were between 21 and 25. They were most interested in a guy in his late 20s, early 30s. So it was like eight, nine, almost 10 years in some cases. But as women got older, that interest and that age range started to decrease. They started to pursue women. uh, uh, The women started to pursue men just at a much closer age range than they were. So a 50-year-old woman, her ideal man was 46. Uh, I think it was a 53-year-old woman, her ideal man was 57, right? So on and so forth. So um, I think that that, one, quite frankly, just makes more sense. But I think that kind of highlights the dating, right? So my next point was, if you look at Leonardo DiCaprio, at 18 or however old he was when he was in the Titanic, the woman he was, he, he did it with, I think her name is Kate Winslet, but I can't be sure. The girl that he drew titties, right? First time I saw titties. So she, while still attractive, is not going to be like they're, they look different, right? Like they don't look like they're the same age and she looks quite, quite frankly, great, but you could tell that she might not be attracting a 25 year old man the same way he would be attracting a 25 year old woman. And before anybody gets like all crazy about it, Kate Beckinsale can attract anybody she wants at any age she wants, right? So, and I think she's like in her forties too. So it, there are examples that go both ways. And the first thing everybody always says is, oh, you're talking in generalities. Like it's not, not all men and not all women. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. You know, black lives matter. All lives also matter, but that doesn't mean black lives don't matter. Oof, man, Grace, if we leave this in, people are going to get bent out of shape at that analogy. But the point still kind of holds true. It's like, all right, you, you want to be super specific? Of course, it's not every single person. But generally speaking, as much data as we have, and there is science that proves this. Um, and unless you're a climate change denier and you don't believe data, oh my God, fucking twice. God, you guys are going to go crazy off this one. But if you believe in science, right? This is getting heated. There's like so many, uh, oh God, Grace. Whew. I wonder what the feedback's going to be here. But if you believe on, in science, you'll see that there are these there are these kind of uh, set paths or set standards that that make a lot of sense, right? And to, to bring it full circle, by the end of the conversation, I think, you know, she had explained some of her own personal um, experiences, which kind of went to the point I was making. But I also think that she had learned from them. So her opinion and kind of what she was interested in had changed, right? In her early 20s, she was really interested in a guy who was 31, 32, specifically, actually, those were, that was the exact age. But then now in her late twenties, she's a little bit more established. She's looking at somebody who's a little bit closer to her age, which directly correlates with that study of how, as a woman matures and evolves, um, and just really learns more, she's her, her potential mates also get older, right? Whereas guys, I think we start maturing at 26 and maybe we stop maturing at 26, <laughs> you know, we just never really learn, it seems, but it's just kind of one of those things where for what men look for, that's it, right? That's the, that's the goal. And that's not to say like they won't meet somebody who's not that age and they're not, you know, infatuated with them. I mean, goodness gracious, I think, I think Grace looks better now than ever, you know, and she's three years older than 24. So it definitely is not something that it's not like this iron rule, like, oh, fuck, that's it. It's over. But it really is an interesting there's, there's interesting data and consistency in that data that supports that. But really, I was really fired up. One, just to see how I think smart everybody has gotten and how like, I think sometimes when you're on Twitter too much, you get a little riled up. 
because um, people are just one, they're like such assholes, but two, they, I think there's just, they're always speaking so definitively about things they don't talk about and they get a lot of support in those things that it really blows my mind, you know, and um, to see so many of my people and, and so many of the people who catch their double standards and acknowledge them, that's so key. Cause I've been, I've been doing that for years. I'll be like, Ooh, that, that's a double standard. You got to get rid of that. And I kind of work to, you know, circulate that out of my thoughts. And, um, it was just, I really appreciate everybody's input and I love everybody's personal stories. And as an aside from the time, and this is just by chance from when I was 18 to when I was, uh, 26, every woman I dated, she was 24 when we started dating. Pretty weird, right? Um, and when I say dated, I mean like a significant relationship, not like a friends with benefits thing, not a hookup, just like something where we would spend a significant amount of time together and my friends would meet my friends, meet my family, things like that. Um, so I just, I don't know, it was kind of interesting. Not that I'm on pace or course to be the next Leonardo DiCaprio, but uh, I did find that kind of funny. Um, anyway, though. Great stuff. So let's move on to some MMA. There was some fights this weekend. We have Dana White's Contender Series is back on Tuesday nights. And I really just want to get into two fights in particular because we got a big UFC 215 coming up. I'm probably going to do a full breakdown on that. Um, but it's Chris Weidman's win over Amari Akhmedov. So Weidman was really forcing the takedown a lot. And he got the job done. He kind of grinded out a victory. He acknowledged the weight cut was a little more difficult. He looked like he got a little bit more gas too. I think he was just able to kind of put in enough effort and enough work to get past Akhmedov, who is a top 15 guy. And this was a good step one. This was a good start for Wyman to kind of get back on his path and get back on his horse. I actually think matchup-wise, it wasn't a good matchup for him too in a lot of ways. You know, Akhmedov has got clean, crisp striking, throws good volume, solid takedown defense, um, and it's and it's crisp and clean. You know, a lot of a lot of guys who are grinders will struggle sometimes with that, like those sharp shots that just get through your guard and things like that. So I think there's a lot for Wyman to be happy about here. I think conversely, like he's got to stay active. He can't really let himself get inactive, and he's got to continue to improve. Now at 36, I don't know how possible that is. But we have to work on the striking defense. We have to set the takedowns up a little bit better. You can't just kind of drive through people. But he might have been fighting that way because he was just so focused on getting the win, right? He was so focused on just getting back in that win column. And I completely understand that. I think that makes a lot of sense. When I think about matchups in that top 10, you know, does he beat a guy like Robert Whitaker? Does he beat Kelvin Gastelum again? Uh, Israel Adesanya? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, Jared Kennear, like, that's a nightmare matchup for him. A Yoel Romero matchup is, again, that's a nightmare matchup. Jacare Souza, uh, Jacare, Jacare Sosa, I don't know why. Sorry, disrespectful for me to mispronounce that when I know how to do it. That's not a great matchup for him, you know, and, and he's fought a lot of these guys. He's lost a lot of these guys. So, you know, it's hard to reinvent the wheel at 36, and it's hard to become a different athlete and create a whole new style at 36. And at this level, I just don't see that being possible. So you really got to sharpen up the tools and you just have to make your job easier. Work on the jab. That's something everybody can improve their jab, right? Work on your timing, setting up your takedowns, controlling the cage, like doing certain things that are not, you know, going for leg locks now or, you know, becoming a knockout puncher or a counter puncher. It's just think more, you know, controlling the distance better, uh, using the cage better, more jabs, more volume there, less takedown attempts but more takedown success right so you're not gassing out just small things you could do that doesn't change who you are as a fighter but will make you more efficient and in turn extend your career and also just you'll find more success 
a lot of people now they saw Luke Rockhold's coming back. They think that's the fight to make. I don't really want to see that. I don't really want to see him fight Anderson Silva. I think if Luke Rockhold's really come back, he could fight Anderson Silva. That would be entertaining. For Weidman, I actually think a guy like Derek Brunson is a favorable matchup for him. Another 36-year-old who's a top 10 guy who just beat Edmund Shabazian, but he's got a wild style, right? He's not gonna he's not gonna finesse Chris Weidman. Uh, he's gonna play to Weidman's strength. I think I think Brunson frequently is off balance and despite having knockout power which he definitely does i think that would be a fight that Wyman could actually take to the ground easier despite brunson's wrestling background right so you you guys kind of see how i'm working here like brunson can get he he's very jabbable jabbable i don't know if that's where but it's it's easier to hit him with a jab than some other fighters um and even though he's explosive athletic and he he can definitely do what he needs to do to beat top guys like we just saw with shabazian the matchup might favor Wyman in a different way because he's he's a little wild, he doesn't usually set his feet. It's just going to be a, it's going to give Weidman a better opportunity. So I think from a matchup perspective, that's when he needs to look for something like that. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, he might just kind of be relegated to being a late notice guy, staying in shape, or if he gets a fight, you know, it might be somebody who's just a little bit too much for him to handle. So I, very delicate with Chris Weidman here for the next fight, at least. Um, you know, I don't think it's a Darren Till. I don't really see the benefit there for Till, even though Till's coming off a loss. I just think there's matchups to make. Um, Whitaker now is going to be fighting Cannoneer, so maybe you can give the loser of that fight. I don't know. I don't know. But he's somebody I just tend to root for, so I'm happy he got the win. I do think it's going to be a long road back, and I think if you're going to make it one, give it one more shot, you just got to stay, stay active, stay frequent, and, and keep on looking to improve. Uh, the main event, Derek Lewis got oh, another uh, TKO finish over Alexi Olenek. You know, the thing about Derek Lewis is that he constantly is put in really bad grappling situations, right? He'll be on his back, he'll be in side control, whatever it is. And he just kind of decides like, okay, I'm just going to stand up now. And he's literally perfected the art of not really defending anything and then just deciding when things are supposed to end. Like he just kind of moves his arm and stands, stands up and he's a, he's wild, right? Like, and he's also so hard not to like, I mean, I'm just such a big fan of the guy and I root for Alexi because he's, you know, he's in his forties and he's still doing the damn thing successfully. But for Derek Lewis, you know, he is getting better. His post-fight press conferences are still the most funny. He's got a lot of things I think going for him in terms of his athleticism, his power, his ability to beat anybody on any given day. I do think he's get better. I think he's he's still struggles with some back issues and his cardio is still something that he's got to improve on because he's just always getting tired. Now that doesn't change the fact that he could knock anybody out at any given moment like we saw with Alexander Volkov. But you just kind of want to see a little bit more output from a guy that size. And I think he'll get a lot more knockouts. Like, I think that's the biggest thing holding him back. It's not like his takedown defense or anything like that. It's just, uh, he's, he's really just not putting the same output out. So he does these big explosive movements and, you know, he'll throw a flying knee and he'll do all these things. And it's quite frankly, quite impressive and, and very, very fast too. He's deceivingly quick, but I think if he just threw more punches, he would get so many more knockouts. And he's already the, the record holder for heavyweight finishes by strikes i believe i think i gotta double check that but i believe so you know he's he's doing all the right things it's just a little bit more volume from his punches and i think you're going to see a different level coming out of Derek lewis um and you just dude you got to root for this guy you know how could you not you know he's just he's a man he's got a great instagram terrific post-fight speeches you know he kind of just seems like a dude who you want to hang out with and i think 
you need more of those, you know? And also he told you to wear your mask, which I completely agree with. Wear a mask. Super simple. Um, so shout out to Derek Lewis. What's next for him? You know, the heavyweight division is always open. So I think we have to see what happens here this weekend. We have Stipe Miocic fighting Daniel Cormier. And either way, it's Cormier's last fight. If he wins, could they give him a bump, buttload of money to fight John Jones? Maybe. Definitely maybe. Could he fight Stipe Miocic? I think that'd be intriguing in a lot of ways. You know, Stipe is a good wrestler. You'd have to deal with that. You also have Curtis Blades there, who's kind of like still in the thing. Then there's Francis Ngannou, who they had a fight. He beat Francis, and it wasn't the best fight, quite frankly. Uh, one of the worst. But there's just something to be said about that matchup happening again. You know, I think I think you, there's a lot you could do with it. So if I'm Derek Lewis, I'm going to sit back, stay in shape. Don't relax too much, but see what the lay of the land is. And quite frankly, I think he's well on his way to another title shot, and, and I hope he sees it. So uh, big shout out to Derek Lewis. Um, the fight for Halo's updated graphics seems to be continuing. They hired a new developing studio, so I think we're going to see some positive change there. They, they released like a blog post that things are moving forward. So I'm a lot more relaxed now that my uh, my franchise game is, uh, by mine, I mean just one that I play and I'm a huge fan of since, you know, the young buck. Uh, it's, it's, we're looking forward to the improvement. So I'm not going to ramble today. There's, there's a lot going on in the world, but in the MMA world, we got big fights this weekend in the dating world. There's going to be more podcast, uh, more polls coming to you this week. And by and large, I hope everybody appreciated the analogies. Don't, you know, take them too seriously. And really thank you guys for your feedback. So don't hesitate to give me any sort of topic you want me to discuss a poll you think would be interesting, anything like that. Count me in. I'm always just I want to approach this from as many different angles as I can because I think dating in general is such a, there's so many things about it, man, that you could talk about from different points of view and different backgrounds and cultures and genders and just so much stuff. So uh, definitely hit me up for that. If not, just continue to provide the feedback that you guys have provided. So um, that's all for this week. It was fantastic speaking with you. We changed the studio up a little bit. We adjusted the mic, took off that screen. Hopefully it results in better quality. We are going to view video. That's the one thing, right, guys? Now we're now on YouTube, whole episodes. Shout out to Grace, the best producer there is. Just doing the damn thing. And uh, you can still find us on, you know, if you go to Linktree, we're on Spotify, iTunes, the whole gambit. So be on the lookout for that. But that's all for this week. I will be back next week for the next episode of The Lover and the Fighter.